In today's episode, you'll hear from author Taylor Field about his new book, Relentless. Order a copy for you and a friend at WMUStore.com. Welcome to On the Journey Conversations. I'm your host, Sandy Wisdom Martin. Today's episode is brought to you by the Christian Women's Leadership Center of Woman's Missionary Union, where God's mission is our passion. Today's guest is Taylor Field. For more than 30 years, Taylor has been a missionary with the North American Mission Board and has served as the pastor director of Graffiti Church and Community Ministries in New York City. He's worked more than 40 years in cities with people who are homeless or in difficult situations. Taylor, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much, Sandy. I love your writing, and I quote you often, especially from Upside Down Leadership. But you've just written a new book called Relentless, The Path to Holding On. What was your inspiration for this book, and what do you hope readers gain? Well, Sandy, my inspiration was the story of Jacob wrestling with the angel God. First of all, it just struck me that it seems like God likes a fighter, not a fist fight, but a faith fight. And here's this person who says, I won't let you go until you bless me. The other thing that struck me is that God lets him win. I began to see patterns and places where that happens in other ways. So I began to think about that whole experience of being dogged, having chutzpah, having, you know, that grit. And is that something that God wants to develop in us? Where it seems like God presses us. You know, he, Abraham, justice and mercy, where Abraham argues for mercy and God lets him win the argument. And Moses, same thing. And, and it's the whole issues of you have to have justice, but there's mercy too. And God lets him win. And then, of course, my favorite one is the Syrophoenician woman who God basically says, Jesus says no to her. And uh, she keeps pressing and pressing. And finally, to the disciples' astonishment, he lets her win. And so I began to think about that issue and start charting through the book. Um, I'll just say, Sandy, I'm just being honest. Uh, you know, I wrote it before the pandemic. And so we're in the middle of a pandemic. Yes. Um, today, I've been on probably three or four counseling, coaching sessions. It's been so hard for people. Everyone has a different experience, but some have really, um, there's so much grief, so much that hasn't happened, people hope would happen. Some people here in Manhattan, I mean, they're in their apartments. They just feel like they're imploding. And uh, I just realized that part of our experience, Sandy, is grieving. And you know how Psalm says to lament, be able to say the facts are really tough. But somewhere we also need to move from the facts to the truth. And the truth is God's going to get us through this. And at some point we will need a little of that relentlessness we're saying, no, listen, the virus hasn't given up. I haven't given up either. And we're going to get through this. And I saw that more in the Bible. And so I, I just look at some of the stories, thinking through what they were like from that lens, uh, being relentless. And then, of course, as you know, finding times and learning times where we need to relent, just like God did with us. And in the end, he's the king of kings. In some ways, we read the story. It's always a contradiction because he's the king of losers, too. And he, in the ancient world, what happened to him was getting an F in life. And to see how that somehow he needs to fail in order to accomplish his mission. I will say this book is very, very timely. 
How has your idea of being relentless taken on a different meaning since you wrote it in 2019? Well, I'll just tell you, you know, I'm in New York City in the heart of Manhattan. You know, March and April was pretty tough for us. And it was tough for our church and for the people. One of our sister churches, the pastor, did 30 funerals in March. Oh, my goodness. Um, and it wasn't a huge church, so you can understand. It was just tough. One of the people in our church works for the transportation system. Uh, 14 people died in March and April in her department. Many of them were bus drivers, you know, before we knew a lot oh. of this. Um one of my coworkers thought her dad was fine on Sunday. By Wednesday, her sister said he died of, of COVID. So there was a lot of uh, grief in this time. A lot of people still are trying to sort out what mm-hmm. to do in this time. So I think that in that way, it's helped me think through, Sandy, that we do need to have that persistence or patience. You know, the word for faith in the Bible is the same word for believe but it's also a word for faithfulness. And I think there is some value right now that you have to have faith in order for the promises to be fulfilled. I think about William Carey, the missionary. My wife wants to put this on a stained glass window. You know, he said once, uh, all his challenges, and but all the wonderful things that God did through him, he said, I can plod. I think right now there may be times we just said, I need to take another step through this step by step. There's no guarantee when it's going to be done. But Lord, I won't let you go till you bless me. I'm not letting go. I am hanging on. My prayer is, as we read this book, there's that sense of grit rises up in us. We have to learn to take some hits. He's developing us so that trouble doesn't trouble us anymore. Peace is is not just a passive. It's, it's It's a power. Jesus speaks peace to the storm and it stops. And so it's learning to get to that point where we're saying, I'm not going to stop. Think about those guys carrying this paralytic. You know, it's a crowd. You know, you say, oh, I'm going to go home. But they go, no, we're going on the roof. We're busting through the roof. We, we're going to find a way. We will get you there. This. We will get you there. Well, I tell you what, that is the best quote for 2020. I complaud. I, I think I want that on my window uh, because that's, that's what we're doing these days, aren't we? We're plodding. And if you just have enough energy to put one foot in front of the other, that's, that's about all you can hope for these days, isn't it? Yes, and that's, you know, in the Bible it says you have need of patience. It's the same word, persistence, you know, so that after you've done the will of God, you receive the promise. But you got to have the patience first. Yeah. I just saw that all the way through the Bible where God, um, he, I think he appreciated Jacob when he said, I won't let you go. I won't let you go. And so, yeah, I think we need to do that. Yes, exactly. Well, the, the book is pretty unique, Taylor, the way it's laid out. So talk to us about how the book is laid out. Yeah, I just started for the first time, Sandy, and, and New Hope's helped us with a number of books. Uh, this is There's no quotes, no personal experiences, although it's grounded in my experiences working with people in really tough circumstances. It's a reflection on the Bible stories. And so the first part is the Bible stories told from the standpoint of the character, the main character. And then the last part is from God's perspective. And so it's the first part, the first half is a series of stories in the Bible where I think, what was that like? And it's not doctrinal. It's it's thinking imaginatively about what some of these people are going through. But then in the second half, thinking to see what God's perspective would be on that. Um, I think for all of us, maturity is starting to think from other people, even God, what's it like to be you? 
So I began to think about all the times that God or Jesus presses someone or does something that would be questionable, but then he presses to the limit and then he gives in. And so I began to think about that. So the first half is subject of relentless. The second half are many of the same stories, but then it's when to relent. My friend Sandy said, I would really like this book except for one sentence. At one point I say, how do you know when to relent and when to be relentless? And I said, it's simple. You take the path of love. And he said, it's not simple. (laughs) It's not simple. I do think, Sandy, really the critical things we have in our life right now in a pandemic, we have to continue to ask God, what is the path of love right now? And I believe that often it's simpler than we think. I mean, the, the path of love now, I've spent a lot of time, my wife and I are in an apartment. I'm in quarantine right now. Because in New York City, in our state, they ask that if you go to another state, that's a hot spot, you are supposed to quarantine for 14 days. And so um, my wife and I have had a lot of time together. <laughs> and so, you know, I can always think, what's the path of love in this situation? And usually it's not that complicated. Yeah. Well, you've told us the, the stories that resonated with you, the stories that you liked the most. Were there any stories that bothered you? Yes. That's a great question. I I think the stories that bothered me were some of the ones in the Hebrew scriptures where people really, really struggle. And I'm thinking about Habakkuk, where he asked the question, why, why, and why is there so much suffering? And the response is, you watch and you'll see the righteous will live by faithfulness. And I think the struggle is, is that enough answer? And I think my struggle with Job was another one I struggled with. Job is another story like Jacob. You can just go back to it a thousand times, and it's just you get new insight every time. Job challenges him in many ways. He's, he's a little bit whiny, I think, but he's also pretty persistent. And God comes to him and answers with 77 questions. But he ends with the story of the Leviathan and the behemoth. That's the end of his story. Behemoth, it's crusty, spears don't pierce him. He's just tough. Uh, the Leviathan too, and it ends saying he's king and prideful, and that's how it ends, and that troubled me. But the more I think about it, I think Job thought about it the rest of his life. I think there's something where he exalts these tough creatures, these kind of uber creatures that we can hardly imagine, because they're so tough, nothing bothers them. The river Jordan rushes against his mouth, but he's still confident. Fears, period, he still keeps going. And to me, in the end, it started troubling me. But then I see that in some ways, he's saying, wow, way to go. It's time to be tough sometime and get through things. Yeah, and this is that time. Well, Taylor, what did you learn about God in this process of writing this work? I think that I learned that God loses. He's willing to lose. I don't think it's an accident that Jesus, when he's about to be crucified in Matthew, he says, I could call 12 legions. Mm -hmm. What is it? 72,000 angels. We know one angel can kill 185,000 people. If you read, you know, so it's, I could have really just wiped you out, but I'm not going to. And he chooses to lose. And to me, as John of Patmos thinks about it at the end of the Bible, when he's on an island in prison, in Revelation, tells a story in Revelation 5 where you look and there's something on the throne. And first they say a lion, and that's what you expect. But the heart of the throne, the heart of God, 
is a lamb that's been wounded. What I learn about God is that he is willing to lose for us. That's what struck me when I read the manuscript. Uh, It was such a great perspective. What did you learn about yourself writing this work? I give up too easy. I, uh, I whine. Don't we all? Yeah, don't we all? And I guess I learned it's okay. Uh, you can complain and whine to God, but there's a time you got to toughen up. If I'm in the emergency room and two people have come in with gunshot wounds, it's not the time for me to stop and say, you know, this is too scary for me. Or I have some, yeah, I have some tough feelings. It's the time to toughen up. Let's get through this. Mm-hmm. Later on, I can lament. Later on, I can process. We just need to, to have grit. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I think reading these stories, man, I, I realized um, whiny baby. <laughs> uh, <I don't laughs> so so. It helped me. It helped me. You know, well, and I would say this, Sandy, you know, I've worked for 40 years with people that are homeless and in difficult circumstances. I've learned so much from them. There's a lot of courage. But what I've learned is that people that make it through that, first of all, I, they have a couple of qualities. I notice they try to do something to help somebody else. Maybe just sweep the floor, do something. I've learned they often have a sense of humor, maybe gallows humor, but it's it's some sense of humor they can laugh even in the worst circumstances. And they focus some way, even those tough circumstances, on what they have instead of what they don't have. People that stay in the same situation are people that focus on what they don't have. One of the people that blessed me the most, he, he, was a, he used to be homeless. He was in a mental health situation, but he accepted the Lord at graffiti, made a commitment to the Lord. He was baptized. He became one of the greatest teachers I've ever seen. He would let people share their feelings in a small group. But if they kept sharing about how awful the situation was, he would say this, everything you say may be true. And it could be the issues of the day, the socioeconomic pressure, racism, all the things. He said, everything you say may be true. They say, if you keep focusing on that, it will kill you. It put me in a psych ward in a straitjacket. And he was gentle. You got to share things. But at some point, if you focus on that, he would say, I'm not going to take that bait. I'm not biting that because it brings me to a destructive place. And so I think there's some wisdom in that. And in reflecting on that, I think even though I don't talk about those things in this book, I think the stories speak for themselves about being relentless. I I would agree with that. You've talked about some qualities of being relentless. What are some barriers to being relentless? I guess, you know, the whining that you talked about, that would definitely be a a barrier. And focusing on just the negative, why aren't we more relentless? You know, I've been thinking about that. I think that um, in my experience, as I read the Bible, there is a, a Satan, the word Satan means accuser, you know, the word in Greek, it's, it's slander, someone who slanders. And I've learned to recognize his voice that, uh, you know, it's, you're no good. You know, you failed again. You're going to mess up. Oh, you're going to wear that today? Uh, you know, whatever it is, that's the accuser. And in the Bible, the Spirit of God is called the encourager. The paraclete is the, is the Greek word, and it means encourage. And so to me, the goal Satan is to discourage, to take our courage. And the, you know, the the Holy Spirit is to encourage or give us courage. And that means a lot to me, Sandy. I mean, I think the word courage in French, it's the word for heart. 
You you don't want to lose heart. That's what this devil wants you to do. And so the obstacles to this is allowing the devil to accuse you and we lose heart. Mm -hmm. That's why Jesus, he tells a story so that you don't lose heart in Luke chapter 18. You know, that's a great story. So, you know, I just love, I wish I could hear Jesus tell that story about the guy knocking at the door. Give me some bread. I need some bread. Go away. I, you know, he just keeps, I, I, I think he acted it out. And his point <laughs> tells the story is so that you will always pray and not lose heart. And the obstacle is our losing heart. And I think honestly, as a pastor, as I talk to people, I've done this, been in this situation for 34 years here and listen to people. I think one of the things the obstacles is the devil will try to instill what I call self-loathing. You're no good. You screwed up again. And I think that's the obstacle. And to me, the answer is going through the scripture, the thousands of places where God says, you are my special possession. I will rejoice over you. I'll sing over you. I'll exult over you. You are my treasure. You are the apple of my eye. And I think that that is one of the main obstacles. At least that's what I see right now in the pandemic. I would agree with you. It's that self-loathing, and it's it's a killer. I, I would agree with you. What would you say to someone today who's about ready to give up? I would say look in the Word of God, the living Word of God. Make a list of places where God tells you that He likes you. And I say the word light because we all know, yeah, yeah, I know God loves me. But in the Bible, there are places where it says, now they don't say like, it's he delights in you. And look at those places where it says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saves us. And I would say, go over those. And I'm thinking now, honestly, you know, Sandy, you're getting a lot from me I'm, because I'm, I'm here in a room. with <laughs> <laughs> got a lot of time to think about things. I do think that for some people, Sandy, and I know WMU has helped with much of this. One Christian neurologist says it this way, says, um, put your brain on paper, write down and not type out, write down some of those scriptures, uh, write down what the worst thing is in your life and put a scripture next to it, but write it down. There's some power in that because it is a way you involve your brain and your, your hands and your heart and dwell on those. And that to me is the way... I fight self-loathing. Well, those of you listening, if you're feeling tired, weak, or ready to give up, Relentless was written just for you. This book is inspiring and demonstrates how our God brings hope to those who relentlessly hold fast to Him. Pick up a copy for you and a friend and read it together. Taylor, I'm grateful you were willing to spend a few minutes talking about your book, Relentless, The Path to Holding On. Thank you for what you do. We don't thank you enough for all the way you, ways you bless others. We're proud of you, Taylor. And I don't know that I should say this. You're about to retire next year and move into um, it. Maybe I will we'll cut that if I'm not supposed to say that. No, that's that's fine. I'm, I would say I'm not retiring. I'm refiring because uh, I'm just I'm transitioning now. I'll, I'll be stepping back from the daily work at graffiti. Number one, there's five graffitis in New York City. Yes. And we'll be working more on um, praying and helping the 45,000 Southern Baptist churches that want to move from empty space to ministry space, and mostly with people that are doing that that are getting discouraged. So I'll still be a Send Relief missionary, but we'll be working more on a national level rather than a local level. Okay. Well, I want you to know, Taylor, we love you. We are proud of you. We are praying for you. 
And uh, I know people will enjoy reading this book. Thank you for being with us. And thank you for listening to this episode of On the Journey Conversations. Conversations.